all you guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve deep into everything in the queer sphere that you need to hear. So, let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret blessed comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles. And this week, live in the virtual studios, I'm joined with the talented, the beautiful, the gorgeous Richard Energy. Hey, doll, how are you? All right. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? I mean, I'm upright. I'm breathing. I'm living. Woohoo! We've survived. All of the things you need right now. Exactly. With this lockdown, I can't even, I don't even know what to do with my life. Uh, yeah, so because, because Driving You Homo is a LGBTQI+, all the letters of the alphabet, first question I always ask, pronouns, what are we doing with those? They, them, please. They, them. Is there a reason for they, them? Because uh, everyone's got their own journey and I just want to double check uh so my personal relationship with pronouns would be that um i guess i uh feel that um how to explain this um i think i think basically just because i am uh afab so mm-hmm. assigned female at birth um but um i think that i personally feel uh that i can identify with any part of the gender spectrum at any Mm -hmm. time um so i feel on some days super comfortable with being referred to as she her Mm -hmm. at other times i feel really quite passionate about being referred to as he him particularly when in drag so as a drag king i enjoy very much i'm sorry what was that you're 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 a you're a drag king drag king Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've never, never heard of a drag, drag king. I mean, I've heard of drag queens before. They're fierce. They're the only thing I've ever heard in the world. Please, right? Please tell me what does what does this drag king? What does what does that mean? Oh, what a different question to the first one you asked me. <laughs> uh, so so a, dra- a drag king is um, anyone who's playing with the idea of so my, listen, I would never assume to be capable of defining what a drag king is. But for mm-hmm. me, a drag king is anyone that is playing with the idea of masculinity yeah. within their performance. Camp. I, I, so, I don't disagree. In terms of identity and mm-hmm. pronouns, when I talk about uh, being gender fluid, when I say like I'm AFAB, so assigned female at birth, and I feel quite comfortable with being referred to as she, her quite a lot of the time. But I also, when I'm in drag, I am quite clear that my pronouns are he, him quite mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But also there's this huge gap within those two things where I feel that I can rest on any of those points at any given time. So mm-hmm. therefore, I am they them. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on a similar journey there, doll. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm on the sort of they them journey as well. I'm I'm on that non-binary journey. But then also I recognize that I'm very male presenting usually. So I'm like eh. that's not even a thing though. Like that's exactly. something that I've like come to start. Because I, I used to panic when I first started, like, considering the idea of being, uh, uh, asking for they, them pronoun, asking, mm-hmm. you don't have to ask, but, like, uh, identifying with they, them pronouns and being like, oh, but I feel like I still look super femme or I still mm-hmm. definitely look like a girl. And I put them in inverted commas for anyone who's not watching the YouTube stream. <laughs> but, like... But um, but that's nothing to do with it because it's obviously so much about how you feel within yourself mm-hmm. and how you experience every part of the gender spectrum. And if you're experiencing any more than 
like one particular part of the gender binary, <laughs> then that's cool. You exactly. are whatever you want to be. Don't worry about it. What, no matter what you're present, presenting, again, mm. in inverted <laughs> commas, all the commas. Inverted commas. Like, it's, it's nothing to do with how you look or mm. how you act. It's all to do with how you identify, and it is yours to decide and yours to decide only. And I identify as a smash crab, so... So there you go. <laughs> that is what you are, pal. There we go. <laughs> um, but so, like, so like, dare I dare ask, I the, ask question, the question? And because I, so you know me, we know each other because you were. Congratulations, well done. Uh, you have successfully won a competition slash show slash event that uh, we were a part of. You won 2020's Disney's Snatch Game at the Two Brewers. Uh, you did a wonderful job, and you can explain the character choice uh, in a second. But I've had a few drag performers. I've had Victoria Scon, AFAB drag queen. I've had Davina DeCampo, a non-binary drag queen. And I asked them the questions about pronouns, and... Uh, they felt certain kinds of way about he, she, they, especially mm-hmm. when they're in drag. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to my pronouns. I still find it weird, and I don't know why, because I've been doing drag for upwards of minutes, but when someone calls me she in drag, I sort of double take still, and I don't know why that is. That's such a weird... Like, I'm happy to be called she whenever, but, like, when I'm in, like, full drag and someone's like, oh, yeah, she's living, I'm like, hmm. Like, it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me like it should, and I don't know why that is. Um, but do you feel a certain kind of way when you're up in your drag and someone goes, oh, yeah, she looks fierce, and you're like, I'm a king. So well, so now as um, a drag king, mm. I would say if anyone ever referred to me when in drag as a she, mm. I would be, I I would. It's tough. Like I, I yeah, I think in drag, if anyone referred to me as she, I would feel definitely quite upset by that. Yeah, yeah. I would feel quite strongly like I've been misgendered, mm-hmm. um, and be quite upset slash annoyed by that now it's interesting because out of drag i think that i'm much more flexible with any side of that that people want to refer to me as um and literally since i hit puberty onwards people have been referring to me as he Mm -hmm. um not as they because no one really understood what they them pronouns were i mean (laughs) to be fair most people still don't understand them People still don't understand, but it's yeah. interesting. Like I, I know, and I never got bothered by that when mm. I was a kid. I like from that literally from about the age of thirteen onwards. When I've been walking along the street, people are like, "Oi, mate," or "Oi, pal," or "Oi, bro," blah blah blah. And I'll turn around, they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, miss," and I'll be like, "It's," and fine. they're like mortified. And I'm like, yeah. "Look, it's cool with me." Like, <laughs> like I, I have a mirror. I see myself. I know how I present to the world. But it, yeah, because it's like, actually, and, and that was an interesting journey for me to go on to be like, oh, I'm fine with that. And why am I fine with that? Because mm. a lot of a lot of people who identify as she, her, so would probably find that quite difficult. But I never found that difficult. And then being like, and so that was a part of my journey. And then another part of my journey being like, and finding drag was another part of my journey. And then just being like, actually, do you know what? My gender is super flexible and super malleable. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to being in drag, yeah. Uh, and obviously drag for me means presenting um, as mask, usually, not always, but usually means presenting as mask. So when people, so I started um, drag in a show where I was presenting as male. Yeah. And whenever anyone would refer to me as she there, I would be furious. Mm. Um, and that was a real indicator of me of like, okay, you're on a certain type of journey here. Yeah. That, like that was the first time ever, even from being a um, somebody who AFAB 
So identifying with she, her pronouns and then having people call me male mm. names or pronouns and then being like, I'm cool with that. But then having someone when I'm in drag refer to me in a female way and then being absolutely furious and be like, okay, so we need to address what's going on here. Yeah. Because that's... And it's not your problem. It's like, I mean, we can educate these people, but it's not your problem. You know, like, they have the problem because they haven't been educated in the world. Like, once they've been educated, then go, oh, okay. But, you know, it always comes back down to this thing of, like, so when you ask me, mm. if someone were to ask me my pronouns, I would never have a problem. Yeah. If someone asks me, are you a man or a woman? I've got a problem because see, what yeah. you're asking there is what's in your pants. Yeah. And what's in my pants is nothing to do matter. with you. Yeah. Unless, unless I'm going to show that to you or I'm going to yeah. put that on you. If I'm going to touch you with whatever's in my <laughs> pants, then it's nothing to do with you. I mean, you do. I don't know what I. Don't know what, I, I don't know what you've been doing, but I don't. Uh, that's a lie. I I do do those things. Anyway, um, moving moving swiftly on. Um, so we we met at um, uh, the Disney Snatch Game competition. Yes. Show. Uh, you chose an interesting character. I am a gay of an age, so I fully know. As soon as you walked in, I was like, I know what this did you creature. as soon as i walked in well like well, like when you got into your full drag and you're like yeah. i am this person i was like oh yes i'm living for this person whereas there were a couple of the other people on the show that were like Most people who have no is idea this? who i was i knew i knew straight away but then also i am a gay of an age so i was like i get it um can you explain I, I, I immediately showed my age <laughs> Exactly. I was like, oh, God, I am too old for this. Why am I here? So uh, I made a choice with my costume and my performance. Strong choice from you. Uh, it was a strong Disney-based choice in that it wasn't even close to Disney. Yeah, but... I always say this. I, I was speaking to someone the other day, and I was saying that I was coming on on, on this show with you, and they were yeah. like, oh, I love them. And then I was, I was like, yeah, but you know that they... They weren't doing Disney. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't doing so. So the the tea was I did Princess Peach for for yeah. Disney, and my justification for that was Princess Peach was in uh, what's it called Wreck It Ralph, the second one, and she's in there for like two point five seconds. <laughs> it's like a blink and you'll miss it. And I was like, she's in it, therefore she's Disney. If she's in it, we can do it. Exactly, and that was my that was my only justification. It still worked. You got to the final. Don't worry about it. Well, exactly. I still made it, and I was in the top three, four, five, however many were on. Okay, it was three. Oh, wonderful! So I made top three. It was you, me, and Scar. Oh, Scar. That was a choice. That was so much red. Anyway, um, I need to message him as well, actually. They're, um, they're just, they've just moved down to London. They're on a and you know what? fitness journey. I love them so much. I've not seen them since, but mm. they were such a lovely, wonderful person. Yeah. I just, would love to spend a bit of time with them again. Tea. The person that played Scar, just to be clear. Not Scar. <laughs> The character, not the cartoon. Yeah, no one likes. That. So, so what was your character, and why did you choose that character? <laughs> so, I was Prince John who? from Prince John. I know who knows who that is. Um, <laughs> Prince John from uh, the Disney version of um, Robin Hood, the animated one where they're all animals. But they're all animals, and mm -hmm. he's a fox. Robin Hood's a fox, and Prince John is a lion, and is um, a Prince John, and mm -hmm. he's he's stealing from the rich, and no, stealing from the poor and giving to the rich. Mm. And then you won. And I invited him to Boris Johnson. You did, and you did wonderfully. And I think that's. Do you do you find with your drag? Do you? Because mine, I try to have a little bit of a message, 
even if it's camp high energy or like stupid i try and have messages sort of thrown in there to do with politics but to to do with age sexism racism xenophobia like i, I try to throw in a message somewhere even if it's a little bit do you find that you're on that journey when it comes to like your drag does it have to have a message or are you just up for nonsense um do you know what both at yeah. exactly the same time um i i am really interested in politics and um and actually i do a lot of stuff to do with identity as mm. well but also like for, for me to be honest it's it's very much about where i personally like to be really selfish about it it's to do with like where i personally am at the time yeah so sometimes i will just really feel that I want to have a laugh and I want to be really dumb and bizarre and surreal and I'll do something really stupid at another time I'll be feeling really cross about the politics that are happening so I'll make something about that mm -hmm. or I'll want to do something that is totally bizarre and, and I'll just kind of follow my own journey on that um so it, it's very much about where I am at the time but but yeah well I saw something I saw something of yours recently online and mm. I want to say, I mean, there was a duck look that I saw, but then also there was something to do with like, I want to say caterpillars or something. It was like, Oh, so yeah, I did a, um, I did a, uh, kids mm. drag video. Cause obviously lockdown being what it is, we can't really perform live mostly yeah. at the minute. Um, so there's lots of digital drag going on mm -hmm. where we all edit and whatever at home and we've all bought green screens, so <laughs> we're all doing what we can with those. Uh, so yeah, so I, I made something for, um, a family pride event, mm -hmm. um, where I made a piece called the snail without a shell, which was about, um, uh something a, a creature that looked a little bit like a snake looked, looked like a slug but mm -hmm. didn't have a shell and believed that they were a, a snail and then it was talking all about how um so it was a it was a it was a conversation about identity mm -hmm. and if you feel that you are something even if you don't have the thing that makes you that thing specifically yeah and i am doing just Infection for anyone problems. who's looking listening not looking inverted commas if you don't have the appendage that makes people believe that you are that thing visually um if you are identifying a certain way then you still are that thing and it was mm. it was basically for made for um children and families to have the certain kind of early understanding and early language to use when talking about transgender mm -hmm. identity yeah yeah and it seems, well, what I saw, I thought it was wonderful. And the allegory of trans identity is very, what's the word, very clear. Well, when I was watching it, I was like, obviously, that's what it is. Um, but my question, um, being an impartial person, being someone who, um, not coming from me personally, let's say I am a mum of three, and they've seen this show and then they've gone, oh, stay away from my kids. Why are you trying to educate my kids? Your drag, your drag nonsense, like get away from me. Do you think children and drag connect? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think drag is, Something, I, I think that uh, the way that children relate to the world and the way that drag relates to the world are actually incredibly similar uh, in, in the certain ways of that, um, you know, dra drag is, is camp and it's large and it's broad brushstrokes and it's um, colourful and exciting and strange and silly. And mm. that is what children do when they view the world they view the world as a bizarre exciting strange colorful place and that's how we as drag performers relate to the world as well Fully. and i and, and and as someone who so in in my so that particular video that i talk about um 
we I that's the first time that my drag life and my and 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 that world have collided but in my kind of muggle if you like yeah. life I work with children a lot um so I before before I start performing as a drag performer I have worked um with children I do storytelling a lot with children mm-hmm. and the way that children relate to the world is in such a bizarre and surreal and colorful and like I say broad brushstrokes kind of a way and that's exactly how drag is relating to the world so I think the two mesh in an incredible way that and and children look at the world without prejudice Mm -hmm. and actually the way that we put on like everything that happens in the world the reason that there's all this prejudice in the world is because once they're born, we then start piling all this shit on them. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, not that's that. Okay. Yeah. We start piling all this stuff on them, um, and that's why they then start seeing the world in this negative way. Yeah. But th- the way that children start, like they are innocent, and that is the way that I think so much of drag relates to the world is that this innocent, completely ridiculous, hilarious, strange way, and that's why. I've always really enjoyed drag from the start and the way that I've started to relate to it as a performer is that it's strange and ridiculous and surreal and funny. And kids love that as well. It's so similar. No, I I, I fully agree. I'm going to say something that might trigger you slightly and I don't agree with it um, because I do this and I'm on pretty much the same journey as you um, in terms of working with children and doing drag. But... um, there are people out there in this world, misguided, who would say, you do drag, you're a pervert, therefore I don't want you near my child because of your sexual preferences and I don't want you to condition my child into your sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. Based on what you did with your routine, which I think is phenomenal, um, do you think you're converting inverted commas or do you think you're a pervert i don't think so but i'm do i think i'm a pervert are you a pervert get away from the children are you a pervert (laughs) i mean i'm driving you homo i will make sure to use the correct pronouns but i will call you a pervert (laughs) no but i see i see what you're getting at yeah Um, yeah yeah, I, I know I know that that's um, the case. And it's interesting because I think it's a real I think it's a real shame that this mm. exists and that this is the way that unfortunately, like way, way more parents than we would like view the world. Um, but of course, that's not the case at all and it's really interesting so so I do a job where um again outside of drag but I do a job where I do storytelling for kids Mm -hmm. um and uh something that I'm very clear to do when I when I work with them is that I never make gender roles specific and I never refer to any of them actually as a specific gender and it's so interesting how easily they take that on board yeah like they're never upset by being referred to as a they they're never upset by how i don't give specific gender roles to any character in the story that i tell Mm -hmm. and when we go on an adventure we never specify who's who and in in terms of gender and we never and they're not worried by that Mm -hmm. like and actually parents really quickly understand that and see that and i never have a parent come up to me and go oh well i was worried about blah 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 but of course they've never seen the extremes of that and i wonder whether some of them might have an issue with that if it were to be taken to that way but all we can do as performers and as humans and as yeah. queer performers as well is um is really so so I suppose it starts at a young age which is what I feel like I'm doing my own little personal rebellion yeah. I'm doing the young kids stuff but also like you know I think all we can ever do is stand up as ourselves and say mm-hmm. we are who we are and we are presenting the way we're presenting and yeah. if you've got an issue with that please come and talk to me yeah. because I always do genuinely feel that as soon as you start talking to me you will see me as a person 
Now that isn't always the case, but I do feel that quite a lot of the time, if you've related to me as someone who you will allow near your child, and then I tell you actually, well, listen, actually my pronouns are they, them. How do you feel about that? And most people are fine with that because they've met me. Yeah, Like it's a slow process and people will not always be okay with that. But I do think it's like a slow... Education and communication. Slow education. And, you know, there are certain people that have to be able to take that on board and have to be like, there are some of us that have to be able to like take all of the knocks as well as you know to be patient yeah Yeah. it's a difficult one and we don't always have to be able to accept it Mm -hmm. but it's a tricky mistress and i am definitely on that journey so do you know what kids don't give a shit Mm. don't don't (laughs) they don't care care. they don't care do not care kids will accept you at the point that you meet them they never care i have never met a child who was like no you're not they're mm. fine. I mean, I was, wearing, I was wearing a skirt the other day. I was walking to the off-license, just wearing a skirt because I uh, feelings. And this little girl was riding her bike and she was like, oh, you're wearing a skirt. It looks cute. That was it. I was like, yeah. Like, exactly. They don't care. They don't know. Exactly. Because we put that on them. They don't care. <laughs> They just want to look at what you're wearing and say that you look great or you look weird or you look strange or you look fun. Like, they yeah, don't care. Exactly. Because they're cool. Kids are so cool. Like <laughs> Kids are cool. This the is true. of all of us. Speaking of people who are cool, you, question mark, cool. Me, question mark, cool? Are you? Am I cool? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, though. Um, so, signing back to drag kings and representation within the drag sphere, because I sort of self-identified like a drag shambles. So I'm not a queen. I'm not a king. So like, um, I'm trying to think of their name. Uh, Eat a pussy Rex. So Eat a pussy Rex is they self-identify as a drag barbarian so you identify you you said you identify as a drag king do you find there is representation in the uk um and because we're both in london do you feel like there's enough representation do you feel like there's enough space for you to create or do you think there needs to be more space what's going on for you in that journey um so how do you mean like um is there enough space for me to create well do you do you feel like you can message people or do you feel like when there's a gig or a show um you feel like you can message those people and be like here's my stuff um i'm valid and do you feel like I, like, because I know the arts industry is very competitive, um, but do you feel like there is uh, a bit of a knockback um, in terms of like, oh, we've already got a drag king on the bill, or like um, that representation? So I wouldn't say it's that blatant. Like, I don't think that I've applied for something and they've ever gone, no, we've got a drag king, we don't Mm. need you. Like, that's not really how that kind of thing works. I think it's more um, an ongoing issue with representation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I imagine it's much wider than the UK uh, and much wider than London. Um, But it's, um, I think it's really just about how people view drag and mm-hmm. um what's valid as drag and so obviously it's the, it's the same with anything when it comes to representation so so particularly when it comes to what's presented as mainstream drag mm-hmm. and so when you think about mainstream drag it's it's you know what what you see on tv which is drag race yeah essentially and so what's presented in drag race is for the most part, almost for the most part, is cis men in drag yeah. as drag queens. And so then you think, okay, so what's wider than that might be 
you know, trans women, might be drag kings, might be drag performers who are non-binary, might mm -hmm. be, you know, th there's, a, there's a whole massive world that we don't see when we look at mainstream media. And, and when you're looking at, you know, when you make drag events such as drag brunch or drag bingo or drag <laughs> and it's like all of these things that, that's dictated by what people mm. see in mainstream media so people are looking for you know polished queens mm. um and then we anyone who's outside of that bracket have to then fight for representation now mm. it's not to say that that doesn't exist and it's not to say that promoters aren't interested in booking us but I feel like there's an extra barrier that we need to break where we become the promoters. Yeah. We become the people that create those spaces because I feel that there's, I'm, I, and, and there are wonderful promoters who are interested in us. Yes. And that is wonderful. But at some point, like you have to go right. So I shouldn't rely on those people anymore because I deserve my own space and who becomes the dictator of that space. And that, that's the same with um, finding anyone who's not a white drag performer as well. Mm. Yeah. Like we need to see more drag promoters of color and we need to see more drag promoters that aren't cis men, like because these are the people who create the spaces that we work within. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that Brilliant. happens, we're not we're not relying on people making a um, diverse lineup because we're creating those spaces. So then we see what we want to see. Exactly. We create what we want to see in those spaces, and then we're not worried about being the um, the you know what's that thing? So like di di um, like diversity police. Di so yeah, exactly. We're not we're not we're like like you might be the diversity hire, and yeah. no one wants that. You want to be creating a space where people are hired because of their talent and there is a full diverse range of people who are talented and as soon as there's more diverse promoters and bookers then mm -hmm. we'll see that so we want I, to start to occupy all of those spaces i was promoting a show about two years ago i was doing like a mixed bill variety cabaret show and i someone slid into the dms like in one of the last shows that I promoted and was like, oh, do you have uh, insert name of uh, diversity tick here? So like, do you have a person of color? Do you have a trans person? Do you have a AFAB person? And I went, oh, like I already have these people, but I didn't think about, I just, I booked these people because I think they're fierce and mm -hmm. they're good friends of mine. And I just, mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I wasn't picking people for like tick a box. I was picking people that I wanted to have a key key with, have, uh, get backstage with, have a chat with, get drunk with and watch perform. And they just so happened to be a diverse lineup because yeah. I surround myself with a diverse amount of talent and it just happened that way but unfortunately i think like you say there are some people that and you you said that it's typically and i don't disagree that it's typically uh, cis white men that are in these positions of power or positions of privilege and they just support themselves and support other mm -hmm. cis white men and it just sort of happens and you're just like why why are you doing this but um and it's not necessarily uh by choice either it's just that once you're in that circle and once you're in that world and you don't start becomes unconscious like, expand your horizons or mix with people that are talented from other walks of life mm -hmm. and especially in the drag world when we're already on a fringe mm. like let's divert oh yeah it's okay let's diversify oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i love i love how you you were like i don't swear i don't swear i know i was so sure of myself i was like i'll be fine you've done you you're doing well doll i'm i'm supporting your journey it's fine um um i'll just have to like edit through and bleeps i get around i'm so sorry i've not done it much though to be fair to me no that's okay um you haven't you aren't as offensive as me i mean i'm australian so like the fact that i haven't sworn it's a miracle
Where in Australia are you from? Uh, I grew up on a sheep farm in Central Australia. That's fun. So you in know where like Australia. so yeah, you know where like racism and like xenophobia and like sexism are just like a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that's... where? 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly, all all of Australia. Uh, all of Australia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I grew up in Central South Australia, so about uh, eight hours north of the South Coast. So, What's it called? Uh, Port Augusta is the biggest city. Adelaide. Well, I know, but I'm just kind of in, I, I, I've been to Australia quite a few times, and mm. I'm kind of fascinated because I've only ever been to uh, – Perth and Sydney but I've been quite a lot of times but I'm fascinated by the idea that there's this whole middle that no one ever really goes to but are you from the middle (laughs) I'm from the middle yeah that's mad to me that's so exciting yeah so do you know Uluru Ayers Rock I've heard of it okay there's a big rock in the middle of the yeah 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 big special rock yeah culturally for indigenous Australians like don't walk up it unless you're an idiot um I grew up about 16 hours south of that so that's in the center and then 16 hours south going down i'm there and then eight hours south of that is the south coast of australia in the middle yeah i middle of nowhere that's middle so cool. Nowhere. I so mean, like, that's crazy, but that's cool that you're yeah. just literally 500, 500 people. Oh, so, really? And 500 mo- people from the town? Mm-hmm. And then I moved oh. to London. 8 million. How long so, ago did you move to London? Um, so, oh, thank you for asking me on Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast, YouTube Extravaganza, where I'm supposed to be interviewing you. He's like, now, Wayne, talk about your life. Um, but I'm so interested. I find this so interesting. Uh, I moved. I moved here about six years ago. So that's, that's cool. the journey I'm on. Um, um, sorry, I know that this is is not what this podcast is about. But was it care. London first after that town, or did you go to another? No, place so I, so I went. I went London, Adelaide, Adelaide. Sorry, I went. The the town I grew up in, which is like near Jamestown. So, mm-hmm. Jamestown, Adelaide, Adelaide, London. I went to Adelaide for the first time last year. Oh God! And was Adelaide huge to you? Adelaide was so small to me. Yeah, Adelaide is the only thing. The only thing that I enjoy about Adelaide is Adelaide Fringe. I mean, I love the people there, obviously. People like yeah. No, it was a nice place. I enjoyed it, but Yeah. yeah, it's too small for me, definitely, and not enough queer representation. For my sure. Liking. Well, what was the queer representation like in the town you grew up in? None, right? <laughs> it was me. You don't know, I don't it, know. It was me. It was you. Uh, it was me. I, I was. I was. It was so funny because I was about ten, and everyone there's a clear masculine feminine divide. Boys played football. Girls played netball. Like that was just it. Um, and then I didn't want to do either of those things. So while they were playing football or netball, I was in the middle doing Bob Fosse numbers. Like, boom, 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 boom. And people were like, oh, yeah, he's different. <laughs> yeah, he's weird. And then at that point, they knew I was a little bit, yes. Uh, so they were like, oh, do you want to organize the Christmas pageant? And I was like, I'm 10. And I was but like, yes, of course but I also, do. But also, yes. <laughs> so at the age of 10, I organised the Christmas pageant because I had that level of extra. But do you, do you think... I, I think the people I surround myself with, do you think there's that level of, like, because of your queerness or, like, your sexual identity, whatever that means, do you find there's, like... A level of like, I don't know, like extroverted, or like, like you you want to like, like you you want to show more, or like you want to be on. I don't know. Or like you want to be on. I don't know. Do you know what I'm? What do you mean? I'm. 
I'm just like I'm 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 thinking in my head about like I'm thinking in my head about like performers and performing and like and being queer and like wanting to be on stage all the time. And I know that's not everyone because I've got friends who are very introverted, who are queer and uh, do yeah, not. Of course. But like everyone that I sort of surround myself, and maybe that's, I guess my biasy is that everyone that I know, or a lot of people that I know that are queer are very extroverted and very like mm. want to be in the limelight. Not like Not rich like, and famous, but like they want to be seen. They want to be yeah, seen. I mean, I guess it's an interesting connection to think about. And I suppose um, it's interesting to think about the idea that, well, I, I, I've I, started thinking about it quite recently, to be fair, but I've started thinking about the relationship between the performance that you did when you were growing up versus mm. being a performer when you were an adult. Yeah. Because I think that I was, I've always been a performer. Same. Because when I was young, my performance was being the person that I thought I should be mm. in a society where I couldn't be myself. So we've always been performing. I feel like every queer person's always been performing. So, right? did you, like, so when you said that, did you, your perform to conform to what yeah. was? You've been, you've, been, then, you've been performing your conformity, I guess, in a way, because you've always been something that you're, you've always been trying to fit into a position that you don't fit into. Mm. Especially, well, particularly when, when I, I was young and, and I assume when you were young, like, mm. and maybe it's changing, hopefully it's changing now, but we weren't the norm, right? So you... You are tr- you are performing a position of even even if you're out or even if you're you know clear on who you are you're still performing a certain amount of being because who we are doesn't fit into the society that is yeah, yeah. no I fully so agree you kind of get used to performing in a way so it would stand to reason that the when we get older we might want to perform. <laughs> We're used to it, right? Like, yeah, we, we've been doing it for years. It Just give me a stage. I've been performing my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm missing out everyone because that, that would also stand to reason that you're going to have been performing this long. Just yeah. give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me. Give me some money. Oh, yeah, been... yeah. Where's my money? <laughs> I'm going to have a break now. <laughs> um, okay. So speaking of that, um, let's, let's. I've got a couple of news things because we're yes. we're we're vastly running out of time. I've just looked at the time and I've gone. Oh, we've been waffling in a good positive way, but uh, we've gone on that journey. And I want to ask you about Ellen DeGeneres. Now, Ellen DeGeneres has come up in the news recently as the Ellen Show has has some somewhat problematic. Um, issues when it comes to workplace uh, safety guidelines, respect, responsibilities. Um, people are not feeling safe and welcome within that workspace. And uh, she has since come out and said uh, that she does not like that and she hopes that everyone feels safe and welcome and uh, she hopes and she is putting implementing changes um, to make it a safe and happier working environment. And I will read some of the things that she has just said. That So the Ellen Show, uh, Ellen DeGeneres Show, has said that they are going to uh, give paid time for doctor's appointments. They are going to give birthdays off and they are going to give five paid days off. How do you feel about that in connection to the Ellen show and the drama that's going on with them? I mean, um, (laughs) I suppose I I have to be super clear that I don't know enough about what's really been going on. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that really none of us do. I don't think anyone Um, does, yeah. I don't think anyone, but I don't think anyone can, including anyone super close to it, other than the people that are in it. So um, I feel that we can't be sure. 
mm. until you're in that situation you've been working in yeah. that situation um well do you th- but, do you think five days paid day that, that so i've so we've I talked about the show we've talked about the dramas, about the dramas and, and from my personal perspective, perspective i don't think, I don't think she, she should get the boot, get the boot. And, and but then but if she if it comes out that she has been a bit of a you know terrible human tyrant then there is if there is some cause and justification for her to get the boot then i'm like okay let's get rid of her let's replace her with someone better but the people that they were thinking about replacing her with a cis straight white man I'm oh like, yeah absolutely oh. not i mean that's absolutely outrageous that they're thinking of replacing her with james corden yeah that's so, absolutely wild and, and also of course ellen ellen represents so much mm really particularly for um queer women yeah yeah so, like is, the first person i think of if they're going to represent if they're going rep- to replace her if she has done horrible things or it comes out that she hasn't been the nicest of humans the first person i think of is wanda sykes and i think she would be a phenomenal um daytime presenter and she's a queer woman of color but the thing is of course we could think of of so many queer women that could do a wonderful job Mm -hmm. of of queer women in the public eye that could do a wonderful job of presenting that show yeah but i suppose the real uh, and 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 that's you know without question we could think of so many of those and that and that's and that should really be the people we're considering before considering someone like james corden who first of all already has (laughs) a platform yeah multiple is a cis white man who to be honest is quite questionable in a lot of other ways that yeah. maybe we shouldn't go into because that would take a long time now yeah. but like i'm not his biggest fan anyway but yeah but 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 even if even if we were to do so but but actually like it's so and of course you should always take into consideration anyone who's brought any grievances up against anybody in a position of power and of mm-hmm. course we should think about that but the real um thing that going forward would be to replace the person with somebody who is either in the same position as that person or someone who would take that position forward in terms of socially and uh representatively of humans that they are representing mm-hmm. and a cis white man would just not do that agreed agreed fully um, um but smiling back, back so like mm-hmm. uh five days off five days like is that enough is that too much oh hey i mean <laughs> <laughs> we say this after we've had like six months of like corona lockdown i was saying i i would kill for a job where they don't want to give me five days off right it's now. like i want to see people again so like because that's so weird because i think i i could be wrong and please correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's you get two weeks generally speaking you get two weeks paid leave annual leave in the uk i know in australia that there's two weeks uh paid annual leave so it would be interesting so if anyone's listening to this from america or canada or any other beautiful country germany sweden finland uh indonesia i'm just trying to think of i'm, I'm, I'm literally no i'm well i'm listening i'm listing off the names of the countries of the analyticals where people actually oh, listen to the show <laughs> so i'm just like people listen in the usa people listen in canada australia uk france germany um so where if there is someone in the world that is listening to this uh watching this what is your government's uh annual leave situation because i don't know about america i think america has really bad annual leave stuff quite bad yeah i'm not sure what those is so because because this has come through twitter Twitter. this five days uh, ellen's like gone oh i'm gonna give you five days off and all the people who have retweeted and shared this are uk-based people that i follow and so i've gone i don't agree with this because five days isn't enough but is that the norm for america and if it is the norm i'm not, I'm not why? sure what the norm is for america to be honest mm. with you uh i don't I, 
I don't think it's that good there. Obviously, it's better here, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know yeah. worldwide what that is. Yeah. Would five days be enough for you, though? For me, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me six months. Give me another global pandemic. As a, as a self-employed performer, um, <laughs> I'm used to having much more time off than I'm allowed yeah. or than, than I could do with. So. Oh, I fully I relate to that journey. Time. <laughs> Um, um oh okay when it do... seems mad right i mean i don't know again i speak as someone who's never worked on a contract in their lives yeah. as a performer but, but five days off a year seems seems wild no and i there's a lot of things in like a normal quote unquote life like a nine to five but it's not because I've, I, yeah. yeah i've never done it i've never done it either i i i i feel a strong aversion I feel like I get rashes over my body as soon as people are like, would you like a nine to five job? I'm like, no, thank you. No, nothing about that. Sitting at a desk. Yeah. I'm sitting at a desk, essentially. I mean, it's a table, but Mm. a desk right now to do this. And I'm starting to get hives. Do you know what I mean? I know. (laughs) I've I've actively put, like, I'm on a table as well, but I've actively put, like, my drag things around me so i've got things just to remind me just like oh i am a little bit queer i'm a little bit gay Um, but uh oh i think we've run out of time oh oh sad face richard energy is there anything that you need to promote is there anything that you want upwards of three uber drivers who are listening to this to know um no not specifically i do so much digital drag but Mm. um and there's lots of different specific things you should watch but you can find all of them through my instagram which is at richard underscore energy follow me oh damn it i put a scrolling on the on the thing but i forgot the underscore (laughs) it's not right why did you not correct me until now because oh. I actually didn't notice. I'm oh. so sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm sorry. I've so it's Richard underscore energy. Energy. Okay, wonderful. So those people who are watching on YouTube and are like, why can't I find Richard energy? I've used. They, like they've probably found someone. I mean, and, it's and I'm sure they're great. To be honest, most people that use that handle are shambles of like, humans. Women dickhead men so <laughs> i mean to be fair um okay that was driving you homo the radio show podcast youtube extravaganza where we delve into everything in the queer sphere that you need to hear as always you can follow driving you homo at driving you homo you can follow myself at one wayne carter or you can follow my drag account liar bell and you can follow richard energy at Richard underscore Richard energy. energy. Wonderful. Uh, and if you are in a position of privilege that you can financially support uh, the show slash things, uh, Driving You Homo is on Patreon. You can get the episodes uh, earlier than most. So you just go on to patreon.com slash Driving You Homo and get your life. Otherwise, stay safe and I love you. Bye.